0: Okay, crew. It's Baden Schaff here from Skillis, president of Skillis, and this is a very historic moment because this is the first ever Skillis pod. And I've been combing the world for the best co-host that I could possibly find, and I think I think I've discovered him. It's uh, my absolute pleasure to introduce you to David Luderus. Now, David is someone that I've been you know watching for years. As an Australian, I um, I saw him coming up through the ranks. He was a prodigy back in the day, like. We thought that uh, us Aussies, we had another Greg Norman on our hands and he's got a fascinating story from playing initially on the US tour and um, and then now turning into a teaching pro. Um, It's going to be really exciting and Dave and I are just going to, we're going to be having a great time together, talking hilariousness, just talking about what's happening in the world of golf, game improvement, instruction, absolutely everything. And um, mate, welcome aboard. It's cool to have you here.
1: Right, and thanks buddy great to be here um i don't know about the introduction selling me pretty highly but um it's great to be here and uh looking forward to having some fun with you mate
0: yeah no it's going to be great and look i don't think i'm you know overplaying it you're, you're one of these rare creatures that's played on the u.s tour for multiple years and like the cool story is that you actually i mean you got on when you were 21 didn't you uh, yeah you 20, 20, 21 years old you get on the. us tour you lose your car but then you get back your card which is just like you know that's an incredible feat in itself so mate you're an incredible player you're playing off still playing off plus five you shot 10 under the other day like, <laughs> and, yeah,
1: and, off the, yeah off the member tees off the member tees but still you still gotta do it
0: that's it's awesome but like what I want you to do really really quickly um you know the world knows about me no doubt right but let's let's Absolutely. talk. About, let's talk I can't about your, blame them. <laughs> only joking of course but can you let's talk about you like Talk about your career, like where it all started, sure. like you know, even literally back to when you're a junior player, and and um, and then your evolution to then find yourself on the US tour and playing, you know, your first event in Hawaii with you know Dustin Johnson.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think it was '97 Masters, myself and a ton of the other Aussie uh, golfers who some made the PGA tour, some didn't. Kind of gave us that spark to want to play golf. You know, '97 Tiger Woods. And all of us, I think, just went out practice every day, did everything we could, and wanted to be pro golfers. He made the game cool and made us want to do it, you know. Um, so yeah, played for Australia as an amateur junior, um, all that great stuff. And then I really wanted to be in America for whatever reason, so I had my sights set on that. And um, lucky enough, got through Q school. Yeah, as a pretty young guy, I, I got my card at 22. Wow. So as I said, myself, I was the uh, second youngest out there. Jason Day was the youngest at um, 18. He came off the Web.com, and then uh, Michael Sim was out there. who was a couple of years older. Leishman got out there the next year, and we all sort of travelled together, playing together in America on the Web.com qualifiers. So we
0: kind of uh, we had our
1: sights set on it, and um, yeah, 2008 and 9, we all sort of got out there, which was pretty cool. And obviously, a few of those boys are still out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. Um, back in the day, though, I remember at that time, I remember Adam, obviously, Adam Scott. Yeah. The, the, probably the the, um, the general consensus was you're supposed to go to Europe first, you play in Europe, and then, you know, if you're good enough, you'll get your card. But you obviously decided, no, I'm going straight to America and I want to play on tour. Like That's, so that's many, exactly right. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: And um, I think, yeah, Leishman, actually Leishman started in Korea. He played a few years in Korea and played great. But then he wanted to be in America, and and we went we went and played those amateur events in 05, the big one for the US amateur, the Western amateur, and that really sort of wets your beak and gives you a taste of the whole American golf, and it's it's it is the best. There's no question, you know. So that was it. We just had our sights set, and I uh, went to AIS after um, after high school in Australia in Melbourne, yeah. And that was genius. Learned everything about the short game, and just um, you know, Brett Rumford went there and. Was a big influence on his, uh you know, short game stuff, and um, so it was a it was a progression. But we got there pretty quickly, to be honest. Yeah, it was uh, it was awesome.
0: So tell me, how it happened? Like, how do you get onto the US tour? Like, give us like the loadout, the pressure involved in it. Like, sure. Well, I had
1: well to be honest, I had my card in Australia first, hmm. and I couldn't hit a fade. I could only hit blocks and hooks, right? And I went and saw Steve Ban in Melbourne. Mm. and um, he basically taught me how to practice and how to hit a fade. And from then on, I really knew how to play. And um, so, yeah, went, um came runner-up in the Jacobs Creek about three months after that yeah, um, in Australia, which was a web.com. Then that got me on the you know, the web.com tour, and then I just missed top 70 to get full status, but went to Q school, caught lightning in a bottle, and finished top 25, so got my tour card for, uh, for 08, so... Yeah, Dustin got through that year. Um, Parker McLaughlin, Wei Yang, he won the PGS years later. David DeVau was there. There was, was a lot of big names. It was pretty cool to
0: uh, to do it, you know. And when you say lightning in a bottle, like explain what that experience was like, where you just like- yeah, I just
1: had, I had great ball control. I just knew that yeah. what the ball was doing. My swing was in a good place. Um, it was obviously you know the club was in front of me. And when I've had that feeling, I know how to play. You know, it's um, I think the great players sort of. Figure that out, and um, then you can go play golf and learn how to score and all that stuff. So, and it was um,
0: just yeah. explain to everyone really quickly, like what this used to entail, because I think now maybe we pretty quickly forget what Q school used to actually be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now yeah. obviously, you graduate from the Corn Ferry, and like it's a very different world now, but they used to say that, like, finals stage – Q-School was like more pressure than like being in the final group of the Masters, you know what I mean? It really like, is. It, it, you you know. can't
1: explain it because it's six rounds and the top guys who are sort of on the verge of getting their card, as you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth round, it's a lot quieter on the range. No one's talking. Like it's You can feel the pressure. The stories of guys throwing up before their tee off and mm. that's the only time I didn't sleep before a tee time. I remember staring at the ceiling in my hotel room going, shit, like I am nervous. I've never had this before, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of pressure.
0: I suppose the good thing, though, as well is that you're so young, like you're sort of like you don't even know how important it is. You probably think that you've Oh, got- I
1: knew. Don't worry. I knew. I, knew. You I wish I did
0: Yeah, right, right. But I suppose the thing is is that you also probably have a little bit of bravado in that you're like, well, I'm 22, like i probably got 10 years to still get my card or whatever, like even if this doesn't work out. And you probably yeah. look back at it now and go, "Wow, like like how unbelievable it was to do it at that age." And maybe it was the youth and the bravado that maybe helped you get through it.
1: Yeah, I was hungry and uh, man on a mission. And um, I look back at the other guys I got through with. You know, the next time I got through, I got through with Billy Hoyle. And I mean, the way he was talking, we played a practice round before it even started. He already knew he was getting through. You know, there was there was just no there was no not doing it. So yeah, definitely mental. I think about. As you get better in golf, it becomes between the years a lot, no question.
0: And so you've got your first tour event. You're playing in Hawaii. Is that right? Yep. You get into Hawaii. So I think that um, there might have been a little uh, sort of meeting with DJ. Uh, yeah, well, I
1: played, I played the fourth and fifth round at Q School with DJ. Um, yep. And it was him and Jason, uh, they were the only two guys I knew. So I played a practice round in Hawaii, just a two-ball with Dustin. Hmm. And I'll never forget it because I was still nervous, you know, just even in a practice round. And we were a two ball, so a couple of the veterans led us through and we teed off on 10. I hit rescue, sort of nice and safe. Dustin just pulls out driver and hits it on the fringe, like just not a care in the world, just hits it 340 down the middle. And I was like, this guy's unbelievable. He just, he drove it maybe longer and I'm not saying straighter, but he drove it as well as he does now back then, before anyone knew who he was. You know, it was just a joke. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. So we played a two ball and um, that was a cool place to start. Hawaii was awesome.
0: Yeah, right. And uh, you, you, you got to sort of experience his relaxed sort of nature firsthand. Like, tell me the story about you get down to the pool and you're all yeah, yeah, focused before the. I, first I round. love it. I love it. I
1: love B.J. He's an absolute legend. But um, the Wednesday before the um, before the first round, I was nervous, and I'm. He goes, "Let's get some lunch." So I was eating my, you know, chicken breast and salad and drinking water, all worried. He's got his feet up in the cabana, sipping on, you know little grey goose cranberry he knocked a few of those back not a worry in the world and I ended up missing the cut he finished 10th actually made like 160k and I was like man i got to i got to loosen up a little bit you know um yeah it was pretty funny it was cool
0: this is the challenge though that you know I'd love to really quickly sort of just touch on this because the thing that and I've asked like a bunch of different coaches at the elite level this maybe not someone like yourself who's like just being on the precipice of like, you know, you might be literally one round away at any one stage from literally having a 20-year career on the US tour, really. You know what I mean? A little yeah, bit so- of momentum, you play well one day. Like what, you know, what is the difference between like Leash and yourself or like DJ and yourself? Because you look at all of these different attitudes, like the assumption is... You've got to be serious like i've got to like yeah. have my water at trick chicken breast got to be in bed at 8:30 do all these things but it doesn't work for everyone does it like what is the difference between totally not. Like, can you try and describe how you addressed your the way your mind worked what you thought you had to Uh, do and then how it changed and even how you look back at it and go, what would I have done differently and and that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: no, it's great. You know, I played a practice round with Aaron Baddeley who was really great to me. Anytime I needed advice and stuff, he uh, he told me. And he said, don't fall into the – same with Matt Goggin, another famous Australian golfer background. Don't fall into the trap of missing cuts and then going out hitting balls for 10 hours every Saturday, you know, Mm. because all the bad players do that and the good players, you don't really even see them out there. They've done their work before they get there. Right. and Baddeley told me, I'll never forget, he went back to the Australian Masters um, after a bad year on the tour and he said, you know what, I'm just going to relax this week. I'm not even going to warm up I'll just hit five balls, no grinding, and he won by a few shots, you know, and on that year on the tour, he's hitting five hours of balls a day. He's overdoing it. So, you know, there's definitely an art to it. You can't overdo it. Um, what I learned, I think, from the great players is they do their work, a lot of it before the tournament. Mm. And then when you're there, you have got to go play. And of course, you can do some maintenance and some other stuff, but but the the work should be done before the event. You know, you can't be grinding out there on all this different stuff. Which I was, I fell victim to for sure. Um, you got all these new clubs, you got all pro, brand new pro V's on the range, beautiful facilities. So there's definitely a learning curve there, and I didn't quite get through that. Um, mm. You know, it's tempting to troll the new drivers every day and all this other stuff, but the, the good players don't really do that during tournaments.
0: And do you think that there's an element of, and I've seen this happen with really good players that were trying to, you know, get to the elite level, but that just didn't work out for them in that sometimes they they love the goal swing too much or they think, yeah, Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, these definitely. guys often do. I've seen it happen. I can think about one guy in particular I used to play with. I caddied for him at a British Open qualifying and he actually made the BO, played on yep. the BO. But um, this guy was always asking other guys what they're working on. You know what yep. I mean. Whereas I used to Scotty Gardner is another guy. Like I used to watch hit balls and guards. Is like one of the best ball strikers I've ever seen. Guards wouldn't give a shit what anyone else was doing. You know what I mean? Totally. He'd, just be, he'd just be in his zone, like threading it with the best ball flight you've ever seen. He's not walking out to other guys, going, "What are your wrist angles like? Do you try and shut it or like how much weight are you shifting?" Or like never doing that. Did you feel like maybe you fell into that a little bit?
1: Oh, definitely. I, um, I definitely went down a few different swing wormholes, which now that I'm teaching, I'm glad I did because I know a lot of different, you know, theories and methods. And, I, you know, if there is a positive to it. But as a player, no question you can overdo it. I think as a player, if you're an elite player, you know, if you've got a coach, you just stick to what, you know, he's telling you and you don't want to be trying different stuff. And I think a lot of great players, you know, some do know it all about the golf swing, maybe like a Bryson and some.
0: Mm. But a lot of them
1: probably don't know as much as you think. But, man, they know how to play the game and get the ball in the hole, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's definitely there's definitely some merit to that.
0: And a lot of the guys have stuck with the same coach for a long time, you know. Yep. So you look at Jordan Spieth or, you know, totally. even Jason Day till recently, like Jason's only just recently changed um, yep. and started working with Chris. And this might actually be a, a good segue in that um, – so you're really good mates with Jason. You've known Jason, yeah, too.
1: absolutely. So him and I, um, we competed against each other as teenagers, mm. and we're always good mates. And then we ended up um, in America together. And then randomly, we lived on the same uh, Jim McLean golf. Actually, obviously, a great coach, great guy too. We lived on his main facility in Texas for four years, about two hundred yards from each other. So we practiced together a lot, play a lot. Um, while we're on the tour and stuff, so he, um, yeah, I know Jason very well, and yeah, he swing's looking different. What do you think about the uh, changes, brother?
0: Well, I think like a lot of people, I think they're pretty good. You know, I think yeah. that I think they're great. To be perfectly honest, I think he's now working with Chris Como. He's done an, I think Chris has done an incredible job. Um, obviously, yeah. Chris, Chris knows his biomechanics really well, and um, and you know, I think it's always hard with someone like Jason because Jason has, um when you've played so well with a certain motion for so long, like I saw someone the other day say, um, "It's I can't believe it's taken this long for him to change. And it's like, well, this guy's like been world number one with that goal. Oh, no. right? He's also, you know, like he's been so good for so long. Like I remember um, watching Jade a play as a 16-year-old in a playoff against Scotty Gardner at the Queensland PGA at Emerald Lakes, I think it was. 16 yep. years old up against like a 24 year old or something like that and so he's been good since he was like an embryo effectively you know he's a superstar totally so it's very difficult to then just like out of nowhere go all right well i'm going to change change my motion sort of thing but he's um you know he's obviously had some back injuries which probably yep. was a consequence of his old action and now i think he's turning in a very different direction which is great i think um yeah it's it's it'll be really interesting to see how he goes like uh, say what you feel like you're comfortable saying but like what how what is the status of his back and like how how much is yeah. that <clears throat> bringing him versus his inability to sort of practice and then take it to the course i suppose
1: no totally i um, i think his back's going pretty well um and i think he's feeling very good about the changes yeah his hips um on his backswing would move sort of laterally before totally. and then sort of get jammed up on the way and you'd have that sort of you know little bit of fallback and then throw the hands at it so now it's more rotational mm. and it looks great yeah I mean he um I think he's feeling really good about it and I haven't met Chris uh, Como yet but obviously Chris Como from by all accounts is maybe the smartest coach in the game I mean he knows it all he knows all the as you said biomechanics he's got degrees and he's and he knows it all so uh yeah I think he's in great hands and um he's excited I think when you're as good as him with a short game as good as him mm. He can just find a little bit of belief in that swing again and, and the ball striking. He'll definitely have a resurgence. I don't think you've heard the end of him in terms of winning and, and all that great stuff. You know, it wouldn't surprise me next year if he goes out there and and really, uh, you know, gets back to that top uh, echelon where he where he belongs, no question.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And as you say, like, when you do have a short game like that, like his putting can just get super hot. Um, there's no doubt. Well, funny, I'm going to
1: tell you something about that. He so I for him in 2019, actually. Yeah, he was right. in between caddies, and uh, I was had an accident, so I filled in whatever. He spends about two hours a day on his putting. Wow! Which you think, yeah, two hours. Trust me, that's a long time. You stay bent over two hours a day, disciplined putting, and people go, geez, he's a good putter." Okay, go, yeah, you go spend two hours a day. You know, hmm. quality practice, technique, and then drills. You'll become a good putter too. So, I mean, he he certainly puts in the work on his putting, but it is. It's the best I've ever seen. I mean, he just he can make the make those putts from anywhere. It's incredible,
0: you know. Yeah, I mean, to be if I'm going to be completely honest, I wouldn't have stood on a putting green for more than 15 minutes for seven exactly. years. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Okay. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, that might be an influence on why his back's a bit bad because that's uh, that. Could be, yeah, absolutely. So um, okay, mate. So it's been um, it's been a pretty amazing year in golf. Obviously, we've had you know the virus, which has just thrown things all over the place, and it's actually. Had a big influence on what you've been doing. You were living in America. Talk to us yeah. about like what you so after you um decided to stop playing on tour, or at the elite level anyway, and you decided to start coaching, what did you do? Yeah, I was, I
1: was still playing, I was still playing a bit actually. I was trying to yeah. get back into it. I had an accident. So caddy him in 19. And then obviously 20, I was doing some stuff, some coaching stuff, a bit of corporate stuff. And then uh, obviously COVID hit. So I decided to come home and thought I'd be in Australia for two to three months. Well, now it's been 20 months. So, uh, yeah, so I got my, as you, you're you a, a member, I got my PGA accreditation here mm. and um, got heavily into the coaching here. And it's been great. It's um, been busy, which is good. And I really do enjoy it. Um, I, I've got a bunch of guys on uh, on Skillers from America, obviously, which is which is great. And I feel like it's going more and more that way. It's going more online, more remote especially with all the you know pandemic everyone's got hitting nets and all that stuff so I've been doing a lot of in-person but i want to get more into the uh, the online stuff
0: yeah yeah definitely we want you more involved as well and you know we're constantly evolving the product and you know our goal is to like make we're trying to replace the in-person experience to be perfectly honest just make it yep. so, so beautiful and fluid that you know um you you would prefer to stay at home you know work through zoom sessions uploading video footage messaging hitting balls in your net constant interaction like we think that's where it's obviously going but um okay so you're going when are you going you're going back to america in about uh 40
1: hours brother 40 in hours
0: hours. right Is <laughs> like for those out there that uh, that are listening or watching you've i mean you've effectively spent the large majority of the last 20 years in america haven't you
1: sure yeah absolutely i um obviously played over there many years, played in Asia and stuff, but then went back there and sort of paced myself there. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I spent most of my time there the last, uh, say, 15 years in the States. So it'll yeah. be uh, interesting to get back.
0: Okay, cool. All right, so let's just have um, – we'll just wrap it up a little bit here. I mean, it's been awesome to get to know you and to, to meet you and for you know our listeners to get to know you. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun going forward, having someone who's just you know got so much intel in the game, played at the elite level. And knows a hell of a lot of people in the game, I must say. Well, uh, you've got plenty of stories which we're going to obviously delve into. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to those over the coming months, which is going to be really cool. But you know, this weekend we're going to see the big the the big cat back out there for the first time, playing with his son. This is just going to be so good, exciting, yeah,
1: so great. Yeah, I tell you, it's. Good to see him swinging again. That sort of shut the world down, didn't it? When he posted that swing,
0: <laughs> it's um, unbelievable. Like I think you and I, we we spend probably too much time on social media. But as soon as he does something like that, like oh, you just keep scrolling and it like you see the same swing over and over again. It's like the world's... It's like-
1: amazing. He, uh, you know, he moves. He's moving the club very well. Obviously, the body's. You know, he's that guy's on his ninth. You know, life in terms of body. How many surgeries has he had and injuries and but. You never count out Tiger. He uh, he knows he knows what he's doing, and I think his swing looks pretty good. But um, his son's swing, I think, is incredible. It's beautiful looking action, athletic.
0: So how, how do you um how do you deal with the pressure? Like a kid like that who's born, you My know, heart. is sort of it's like the second coming, and we're all hoping that maybe he's going to be as good as his old man. Like how you know how do you deal with pressure like that, or how um I mean maybe he's just been born into it, and like he knows nothing else, and this is what he's going to be able to. Uh, he's just going to be able to deal with it. What do you? And what would you? What would you suggest? Like someone who's played at the, the, the highest level. Yeah,
1: I th- no, I think Tiger. Well, Tiger knows a thousand more things than I do, but he probably knows how to, you know, um, you know, look after him mentally. So he's, you know, focused on what he's doing, not worried about all the outside noise. I mean, yeah, if his son goes and plays a tournament, it'll mm-hmm. probably be on ESPN, you know, a junior event. So he's probably really conditioned him to not worry about all this other, you know input and just focus on what he needs to do and you know, i'll bet you he'll be mentally tough his kid you know if he wants to play and, and um he's the, probably the best ever
0: he's got the swagger like doesn't he doesn't no, walk or, you know like he's got the club twirl and like the way he just the way he moves around a golf course he's he's got so much of his old man there where it just you know he looks like he belongs there he doesn't look timid or afraid or anything
1: no totally he um yeah, I mean, again, it'll be up to him if he wants to make a career out of it, but he's got a beautiful swing and he's got the greatest you know, mentor probably in the history of the game. So uh, it'll be fun to watch, but it'll be good to see Tiger as well this week, just to see how he's moving and swinging. And I just hope he plays the Masters next year. He I think his big one will be St. Andrews, because you don't have to be that long at St. Andrews, but Augusta, you got to hit it long. And I read that he's he's lost quite a bit of length with this last injury, so...
0: Well I mean I just I don't know I've, I might be wrong and I don't know um obviously the ins and outs of everything that happened and how bad it was but I just don't see him being able to play four day for you know four days of golf in a major like Yeah oh. I know it's it's grueling isn't it
1: it's um especially on a long tough golf course hilly you know like Augusta but I think he'll play there mm. I hope so as a fan but um I know no one knows how bad his body is but um It'd be a shame if he doesn't, but he's been uh, what he's done for the game is just crazy. You know, it's so great. Yeah, we love
0: him to death. That's for sure. Okay, buddy, um, mate, this has been really, really cool. But give us a little insight. What's the next year look like for you? You're going back to America. I'm actually coming over to the states in um, January. I'm going to be at the PGA show. Hopefully, if Omicron doesn't destroy the world. But um, yeah, when's
1: the uh, when's the PGA show?
0: That is the it's like the 25th of January or something like that. So that's cool. I'm headed over there. I'm going to catch up with Sean Foley, um, who's obviously a brand ambassador for Skiller. So we're going to do some cool stuff together. And I'm Sean. Be- Sean's,
1: Sean's a great guy. Love Sean. Okay. I go. I've known him for a long time. He's uh,
0: he's one of the, the good guys for sure. Yeah, he's a superstar. He's uh, yeah. I was just speaking to him literally before we jumped on the pod. I was just having a chat to him. So, uh, yeah. No, going to catch up with him. But what about you? Talk, talk, to, uh, talk to us about the next sort of year or so.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few things I want to do in America in terms of um, you know, there's a few coaches I want to see just to learn a couple more things. Even though I'm pretty happy with uh, what I've been doing, but you yeah, know, the goal for me is definitely to coach on the tour. That's the goal is to get on back on the tour as a uh, coach. I've been there as a player. I've been there as a caddy. So the next step is to go out there and coach, I think. Um, that would be almost, uh, you know, coming full circle. And uh, I really am enjoying the coaching and passionate about the swing and, and um, that's the goal is to get out there,
0: 100%. Well, I think you've got like the one thing I love about your coaching, which I've already, you know, seen on social and stuff like that, is that you actually know how to change people, you know. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but like often, you know, you'll see students that have worked, Sometimes with coaches for years and nothing changes. You know what I mean? And I think that you can clearly see that you're able to articulate things the right way and get people to actually move their bodies the way you want them to, to do. And there's absolutely no doubt that I think long term you're gonna have a great career, mate. So it's uh it's uh yeah, it's gonna be cool to watch. And then obviously everyone can get you on skillist. David Luderus, he's the man. No, I appreciate
1: it, mate. Yeah, I really am enjoying the skillist stuff and it's amazing how well it works because You know, if I have a new client or student, they come back to me and go, "Dude, I did the work, and you know, it's remote, but they say they really, you know, got a lot out of it." So the online stuff really has a lot of merit. It's uh, it's brilliant,
0: mate. Well, one day we'll take over the world. We'll see how we go.
1: (laughs) I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. All
0: right, champion, mate. It's been exciting, and everyone out there, stay tuned because uh, David and I are going to get together on a weekly basis amazing guests, David knows heaps of guys on tour, so we'll be getting lots of tour guys, lots of great coaches, uh, we're just going to continue to keep you entertained and uh, informed in what's happening in golf instruction in the golfing world. Absolutely mate, looking forward to it. All right team, thanks for joining us and uh, we are going to see you soon.